was a little bit from the trailer of the movie Tetris, which now I've got to watch. It is on Apple TV, and it came out last year. Uh, it's all about the history of this video game. And the game met its match on the 21st of December this year. 13-year-old Willis Gibson became the first player to officially beat the unbeatable game that Nintendo uh, created by breaking it. Here to talk about what breaking a game means and how that involves uh, winning the game, uh, we're looking for uh, gaming YouTuber David McDonald, who put together uh, quite an interesting piece online to talk about the history of the game and how to win and how to beat that game. Uh, so Chris is just setting up David right now. And once we get him on the line, we'll go with him. David, welcome to the Kelly Contreras Show. Thank you. I'm so glad to be here. Let me ask you this. Um, 13-year-old Willis Gibson apparently beat Tetris. He's the first person to do it by breaking it. What does that mean? It means so much for the entire Tetris community because this really has been a whole community effort. Getting to this point in the game was thought impossible for most of the game's history. It was only because of the breakthrough of several key members of the community figuring out new strategies, making higher levels possible. And then for this 13-year-old prodigy to come along and take full advantage of all the techniques that have been discovered and become the first person to break the game, we're just all so proud of them. Okay, so, uh, and I, I love the way you've described that because it really does set up um, where we're going to go. This kid is standing on the shoulder of other video game giants, really, to get to his goal of breaking the game. But I kind of meant it more literally. What does that mean for someone like me who's played Tetris but doesn't understand what it means to break a game? Yeah, absolutely. So many video games are designed with an end goal in mind, uh, a windscreen. Uh, you know, in Mario, the goal is to defeat Bowser and, and find Princess Peach or something similar like that. Tetris was never designed with an ending. The levels just go faster forever and you always lose. It was an unbeatable game. And so with this, the new strategies have allowed players to go even farther than the programmers ever intended to the point where the game's code that was programmed in the 1980s literally crashes. So instead of the game beating the player, the player has finally beaten the game. So was he met with a black screen? He was met with, with the screen freezing. Um, huh. So he played for so long that the game's memory just couldn't keep up with how far and how high he had gone with the levels and the scoring and everything else. How long did he play for? He played for almost 40 minutes. Wow. Okay. So it doesn't seem like a long time for people that aren't very good at video games. I've tried, you know, playing a few video games here and there, including Tetris and 40 minutes can go by like that. But you're talking about it, playing at a level that got him to level 157. Most of us that remember Tetris when it first came out, it was one of the original video games. It was the, you know, it was in Nintendo, Nintendo. It was part of the Game Boy package, uh, came with the Game Boy. Uh, you know, we couldn't get past many levels. So walk us through how people, um, you know, the, the challenges they, they met and how they got past those challenges with little tweaks to get to eventually this kid wiping out the game at 157. Absolutely. So the original, uh, the original fastest speed of the game was reached only on level 29. Uh, that was designed to be the end of the game. It was designed to be an impossible speed. You can no longer move the pieces to the side. And the biggest key innovation came from a player, Christopher Martinez, in 2020, when he was looking at some other techniques gamers were doing to succeed in other video games. And 
he saw that they had a technique where instead of using one finger to press the buttons on the controller, they would instead use multiple fingers to press the controller up into their other finger on the bottom. So instead of the speed of just one finger, you now have the speed of the enti- your entire hand, all those fingers working together. And That's kind the of challenge a- then, oh, go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> the challenge then is playing on that fast speed and walking a tightrope. So it's not just playing for 40 minutes casually, it's playing for 40 minutes on a speed that was designed to be impossible. Mm-hmm. You know, you talk about the fact that this happened in, did you say 2020, that the first time they got past level 29? Uh, because the video game was invented in 1985. That's incredible. A lot of people played that games. It, it, that game. Is there something about video gamers now uh, that has allowed them to be more intuitive than uh, the video gamers that came before? I would say the biggest key and a, a contributor to that has been online communities. Beforehand, everybody had to learn the strategies basically by themselves through mm-hmm. trial and error. And now everybody online, every person who cares this much about Tetris and around the world can all congregate in one spot together and share tips and strategies and figure out, you know, no longer does everybody have to figure it out themselves. Only one person has to figure it out and then everyone can benefit. Okay. So, so this kid really, I mean, he, he has all the glory, but it really, he really is standing on the shoulder of other uh, players. He couldn't have got there alone. Yeah, it's, it's always a progression. I, I mean, and that, and that does not take away from Willis's achievement in any way, because mm. even though the strategies were discovered, no one else has, had been able to do what Willis did before, uh, beforehand. And the speed at which he did it, most Tetris players have been playing for years and years and years. Willis started playing when he was 11, and he set the world record crash in the game at just age 13, two years later. Just the, the fastness with which he did it was just insane. I want to ask you about the, you pointed out some really interesting quirks that Tetris had on the higher levels that uh, players could not have anticipated. Can you talk about the uh, the quirk involving uh, colors that are hard to really even see from the background at the upper levels? Absolutely. That's one of the final twists in getting this record. Uh, one by one, components of the game start breaking down. First, the level uh, level display doesn't display correctly. And then the colors are the next thing to fail. The game was designed to have bright, easy-to-see colors, but then the memory for that in the game goes haywire and just starts spitting out unintended colors, making some of the levels nearly impossible to see. So that was another thing Willis had to balance, uh, using a brand-new technique and impossible speed and barely even being able to see what he's doing. Apparently, these these are a combination of dark blues and greens called uh, dusk and charcoal. Yeah, those were the, the names that the, the scene coined for the two most difficult levels. So how do you isolate that as a player? I mean, you can be aware of the fact that we've got dusk and charcoal um, color patterns when you get to a certain level, an obscenely high level. But how do you uh, begin to, to identify them? Have you actually played as far as dusk and charcoal? I've never played that far myself. I've only watched uh, the other Tetris greats do it. But basically, they... I've gotten so in tune with how to stack the pieces that if even they can just see the hint in their eyes of the shape of the piece and they can remember how the board is, they can just intuitively know kind of where they should place it. Um, And it's just a very split second decision they're making in their head. David, when it comes to Tetris and video games, do you think Tetris is one of the most perfect video games ever designed? And if so, why? 
I think uh, it's just incredibly satisfying. There's been many psychological studies about things like the Tetris effect where afterwards you just, you know, continue to play it in your mind, in your sleep. I think the most effective uh, way of explaining it came from a book that was written about Tetris, which compared to a study where it was shown that Tetris works similar to short-term memory in our minds, where we're constantly doing tasks throughout the day that require us to complete little tasks and then when we're, we're done with them, our short-term memory discards them, and it's satisfying in our brain. And Tetris is very similar. You're putting together blocks. You have to keep this information in your mind. But once the line clears, the task is done, and your mind is satisfied. So it, the way Tetris works is just very, very similar to how short-term memory in our brains works. Yeah, and I think that Tetris, one of the winning things about Tetris, uh, you know, even though it was the unbeatable game until the 21st of December, till that 13-year-old uh, basically uh, beat it, killed the game, uh, is that it appealed to everyone. You didn't need to follow a story. It was kind of a place where you zoned out. Right. It's something you could do to relax. It's something you could do to de-stress. And I think that's, that's kind of the universal appeal, as you said. David, if people want to find your video, because it's really comprehensive, we only touched on um, you explaining Tetris here. Where do they go to, to find your YouTube video on this? Uh, my YouTube channel is a Game Scouts, and I really appreciate the opportunity to talk about the story and shout it out. So thank you very much.